0: This is Lorena Hollander from the Brazilian band Diaphanes, and you're listening to KCOU Colombia. Life can be dramatic, but day-to-day relationships aren't always like you see on TV. You can help the young people in your life work through the
1: drama by engaging them in conversations about healthy relationships. Use Connect With Me activity cards to start discussions on this subject and other topics that matter to teens. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and resources.
0: A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services.
1: And we are off and running on Start Your Sunday, Episode 3, here on KCOU 88.1. We are in the C-Stream studio. Start Your Sundays. You can find us on Spotify, Start Your Sunday. I am your host, Harrison Vabnik, alongside with Garrett Pave. Garrett, welcome in.
0: Yeah, thank you, Harrison. Uh, good week of football. We uh, <clears throat> got an hour to talk to you guys about a uh, What happened last week and what's going to go on this week. So uh, excited to be on air with you guys.
1: Yep, had an awesome first week of NFL Sunday football last week. And a great college football Saturday yesterday. We're in too many games, but there were some good ones we're going to get into in just a second. And I'm going to start with this. Garrett, I'll get you in here in just a minute. We're going to start talking about the big college football game of the weekend, uh, Miami-Louisville. So when we did our ACC preview here on the show on our first episode, uh, which happened to be two weeks ago, we went through the ACC teams. We talked about the big contenders, talked about which teams we thought were going to have a chance to win it. We went through Clemson and Notre Dame and North Carolina, but one of the teams I wanted to shy away from was Miami a little bit because if you don't know, that's where I'm from. I grew up going to almost every Miami home game for the better part of the last decade and it's it's been the team I've been rooting for. And so, the reason I didn't want to get into Miami too much because I didn't want to buy into this team that quickly as other people were. I know a lot of people were talking about, oh, they got the offensive coordinator and they're going to run the new spread offense, but I didn't want to buy into it because it's things that I've heard before. And it feels like every time I bought into a Miami team like this, whether I can't even go back down this slippery slope, but if it's 2013 when Miami's undefeated and they're playing at Florida State midway through the season and they just get destroyed by Jameis Winston, Or if it's 2015 where, you know, they're starting to build some momentum and they have Clemson coming in and they lose 58-0 and fire the coach. Or if it's 2016 and Miami starts off 4-0 looking the best they've ever done under Mark Richt and Florida State's coming in, the worst Florida State team they had in many years there, and Florida State wins by one because Miami misses an extra point with a minute left. Or if it's the year after, 2017, or Miami starts 10-0 and it's in a very, very exclusive club, where they're a top-two team in the College World Playoff ranking. Some teams have never gotten there, and then they lose their last game to Pittsburgh and lose the ACC Championship to Clemson. And then, not even to mention the next year they lost to LSU when they were ranked in the top ten in the first game of the year. So whenever, you know, there's hype around a Miami team, it doesn't go too well. So that's why I didn't want to completely buy into this team. But after last night, this team is just, this team is something else. This team is different, and I, I am buying into this Miami team from what I saw last night. This offense with De'Ara King in the three-headed backfield of Cameron Harris and Knighton and Rooster and the receivers Pope and Hartley and the electric tight end duo of Mallory and Jordan who are going to be seeing on Sundays in not too long. Just incredible offensively, and it didn't, like, they scored 47 points. In years past, Miami struggled scoring 47 points against Bethune-Cookman. They struggled doing that against Florida Atlantic. And just the way they played against Louisville, unbelievable. Garrett, what did you see out there?
0: Yeah, you know, coming into this game, I liked Miami. I mentioned last week they were uh, one of my teams that I liked in the ACC to potentially contend against Clemson, Notre Dame, UNC, those kind of teams. And last night, I liked Louisville, honestly. I liked Louisville coming into the game, maybe not to win, but you know, Malik Cunningham running the ship, a very good quarterback. But you're right, that Hurricanes team, they looked nasty last night defensively they were sharp offensively they were sharp i think the biggest thing i saw from them was last night derek king had a great game passing he did he had 325 yards passing and three touchdowns did not have a big impact in the run game but junior running back cameron harris balanced that offense well carried the ball nine times 134 yards and a touchdown they looked really balanced i think that's what helped throw louisville off a little bit because we knew coming into the game louisville was sharp i mean college game day was there yesterday A lot of them had Louisville winning that game, but Miami had a point to prove, and they proved it last night. We saw that turnover chain finally three times. Defense made a lot of plays in that offense. They are going to be deadly if they can keep doing what they did last night.
1: Yep, and you mentioned the turnover chain. We saw the fourth version of that turnover chain. Miami forced three turnovers against Louisville last night. And the thing was why Derrick King didn't run as much as also his NCAA record of 16 games in a row with a passing and rushing touchdown came to an end last night. I don't think D'Arc is upset about that by the way he played last night. And so, just the, the offense. It, Miami has never had an offense that's looked this good before. And when we talk about the contenders in the ACC, you, the immediate themes that come to your mind are Notre Dame and Clemson, who are both 2-0. Notre Dame had a great performance against South Florida, we'll get to in a minute. And Clemson, they beat, they beat everyone. Miami is... Is Miami that third team? Or are they right up there with Notre Dame and Clemson in the ACC?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would beg to say right now, though, from what I saw last night, Miami could be that third team. They really could. They could be up there with Notre Dame, Clemson competing. Um, of course, we don't know that until we see them play each other, but strictly from what I've seen the first two weeks, um, Derek King is going to get better. He is. He had a great game last night. Like I said, 325 yards passing but he's going to get better, um, and the offense is going to start getting more balanced. The defense is just going to get better. Manny Diaz is a very good coach. I like him. I really do. He's a good defensive-minded coach. He's He played nasty. Um, so he was the one who actually implemented that turnover chain when Mark Rick was there. He was the D.C. Um, I like this Miami team. I do think they can compete with Clemson and Notre Dame, but we have to see that. You never know.
1: Yeah, and it's super early in the season, as I mentioned. All my, my previous Miami heartbreaks don't want to get— too ahead of myself in saying that they're going to beat clemson because there's a long way to go and miami they're playing at florida state at home next week college game they will be back in miami that game's going on saturday primetime 8 tm eastern 7 central next saturday night in the miami offense all over that game the score was closer than that game was miami dominated from start to finish so let's jump to another acc team and we last week we talked about notre dame we didn't want to get too concerned about them after a pretty ugly win against the Duke Blue Devils, twenty-seven to thirteen, because we think Duke is a well-coached team, and you know it wasn't bad. So we wanted to see what they did against South Florida today, or pardon me, yesterday, and it. W- Notre Dame showed us that, yeah, we're still a top-ten team in this country. A 52-0 win against Jeff Scott in South Florida. This is a game Notre Dame completely dominated. They were a 23-point favorite, and they had covered the spread by the end of the first quarter. Ian Book, not a great statistical game, 143 yards, no touchdowns, but three rushing touchdowns on just not four carries. Great rushing attack. Notre Dame's got a great, great running attack. And a large score, no turnovers from Notre Dame. Garrett, is Notre Dame a scary team this year in college football? I think
0: Notre Dame is. Every year, you know, they prove they are. Um, it's hard for them to get respect sometimes because they're independent, and a lot of people disagree with that. Last night, though, I'm not going to lie, a great win, 52 nothing. Ian Book, he had three rushing touchdowns, but overall, not his best game, honestly. I don't think it was. I mean, he was 12 for 19. He had 143 yards and no touchdowns. Like I said, three rushing touchdowns. That's awesome. But running back, junior running back Sebo Flemister, he was the man. 13 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown. You know, he only had one touchdown. You could say, oh, Ian Book had three on the ground. This guy ran with a passion. He did. I mean, he ran the rock, and when Ian Book needed to hand it off and, you know, kind of balance out that offense, he gave it to him, and he made plays. That's what Notre Dame needs, because— even though Ian Book is a senior, he's got a lot of experience. He's a talented quarterback. We've seen that. He's got weapons all over the field. They need someone like Sebo Flemister to balance out that backfield. I think he did a great job last night. I do think Notre Dame is a Notre Dame we're used to. I think they're going to be good, and I think they will compete with Clemson this year.
1: Yep, and Notre Dame's got a tough ACC schedule coming up. We'll see if they keep this up against this in South Florida. Was there a lone non-conference opponent? Let's talk about another ACC team who playing a non-conference opponent. The number one team, nation, Clemson, just did what they do to everyone. A dominated win over the Citadel, a 49-0 win for Dabo, Sweden and company. Trevor Lawrence, he only needed to throw nine passes yesterday. Threw 168 yards, three touchdowns. We also got to see true freshman DJ Ugalele, who might have one of the most fun names in college football. He is going to be probably the future of that Clemson Tigers offense once Lawrence heads to the NFL draft next spring. Uh, Ogalele was 8 of 11, 75 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He is that dual-threat quarterback. Uh, Travis Etienne, quiet game, just 68 rushing yards. Didn't have one catch for 11 yards. But one of the things we talked about going into the season for Clemson was a concern of wide receivers. They lost T. Higgins. They lost Hunter Renfro last season. Uh, Justin Ross was out for the season. And we didn't know who was going to make those plays. Now, we shouldn't have been worrying about that. They have guys. What did you see from that Clemson offense?
0: Yeah, I saw a lot yesterday. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he does what he does. Uh, I think it was good to see DJ Uyungalele come in for a little bit. Um, I think, you know, saw him on the QB1 TV show on Netflix. Uh, Great quarterback. Fits Davos Sweeney's system perfectly. Dual threat. Like I said, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Travis Etienne had, you know, a good but quiet game. Um... Just eight eight rushes for sixty eight yards and a reception for eleven yards. You know, no touchdowns. But it's the Citadel. I mean, it's it's hard to really judge a team like Clemson against the Citadel, um, who's you know not that competitive. But you're right. The receivers made a point last night. Uh, sophomore wide receiver Frank Ladson Jr. three receptions, eighty seven yards, two touchdowns. That's big. I mean, you can say what you want about the Citadel and how they're not competitive. Three receptions, 87 yards, and two touchdowns, that's something to be proud of. It's showing progression. It's showing that Trevor Lawrence has these guys he can rely on. I mean, you look at the guys he lost, T. Higgins, now Justin Ross out for the season. He needs weapons, and these guys are starting to step in and make plays for him. Clemson, they're going to be good, and if they can really establish their weapons on the outside, it's going to be another good season for them.
1: Yep, and Clemson has a week off next week before they will host UVA in a rematch of last year's ACC Championship win to Notre Dame. Next week at noon Eastern, they are traveling to Wake Forest, who is 0-2 on the season. Let's jump to the Big 12, where we had one of the more surprising results of yesterday, at quiet day in cultural ball. Oklahoma State narrowly pulling off a win against Tulsa, 16-7. to In the Big 12, we used to games that are 60-70. to This game was 16-7. And it was one of the more disappointing games for Oklahoma State, who was ranked number 11 going into this season. Spencer Sanders, they have a good quarterback, won a better quarterbacks in that conference, and he got hurt. And they were left with junior quarterback Ethan Bullock, who just went 8 of 13 with 41 yards and a pick. Um, we don't know what the status of Sanders is right now. Uh, senior wide receiver Tyron Wallace was really the only reason they could generate some offense. Four catches, 94 yards. If Spencer Sanders is out, is this season over, maybe for Oklahoma State?
0: It's going to be tough. Spencer Sanders, you know, everybody says the quarterback is the leader of an offense, arguably the team. And Spencer Sanders is a guy, he's a a player. He really is. He makes plays all over the field. Um, If he can't get back, what we saw last night, they played two quarterbacks. They had, like we mentioned, junior quarterback Ethan Bullock and freshman quarterback Shane Illingworth. Actually, Illingworth played a better game. He went four for five, 74 yards. So he actually looked better than Bullock did but and I like Chuba I like Chuba Hubbard I think he's a guy that if Sanders is out he can help those young quarterbacks um he's got a lot of game experience can run on the backfield make some catches make some plays Tyler Wallace another name you mentioned he's a guy that can help these quarterbacks settle in make plays downfield but in my opinion if Spencer Sanders cannot come back this year they're in trouble they're in big trouble I really think they are
1: Yep, and we, we both liked Oklahoma State going into the season. We both thought they would be a competitor in the Big 12, and we thought it was a wide-open Big 12 going into the season. And, you know, I didn't even feel like Chuba Hubbard. I was watching that game yesterday. Chuba had a low game for his standards, 27 carries, 93 yards. That touchdown he scored was the game winner, but it really just it wasn't there. You have something to say about Chuba Hubbard?
0: Well, not even Chuba Hubbard. One more thing I was talking about. You know, if they'd be in trouble if Spencer Sanders didn't play, you look at the other quarterbacks in the Big 12. You look at a team like Oklahoma, who's got Spencer Radler, who looks like he's, you know, going to be the same caliber as Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts. Um, You got Iowa State Brock Purdy, who, despite that loss last week against Louisiana Lafayette, great player. He's a great player. Spencer Sanders is almost to that level, if not at that level. And so if they have to replace a guy like that, they're in trouble. But. I on Chuba Hubbard. I liked. You know, I liked Chuba Hubbard. Didn't have the best game yesterday in terms of offensive efficiency, but I think as he settles in and get things going, it's going to be okay for them.
1: Yep. and Let's go back to the ACC for a second to go in depth on one more game. UCF number fourteen in the country taking on Georgia Tech, who had a good come from behind victory in Tallahassee against the Owls the week before. And the Knights went to Atlanta, beat uh, Georgia Tech 49-21 early in the fourth quarter. It was a close game. Georgia Tech got within a touchdown, but UCF pulled away at the end, led by sophomore quarterback Dylan Gabriel, 417 passing yards, four touchdowns in a pick, also 30 rushing yards. He is a great dual-threat quarterback. They have a great running back trio of Anderson, McCray, and Thompson. And one of the things I noticed about this UCF team, I wonder if you noticed, what is one thing that they have that maybe a lot of teams— Not necessarily in the power conferences, but what's something they have that you don't see in a lot of the other American teams? I want to see if you get this.
0: Something they have that a lot of teams don't. I, personally, I think what UCF boasts is they boast a lot of balance. I really think they do. A lot of teams are known for their air raid attack, where they're throwing for 500, 600 yards a game, like Memphis last year with Brady White. Now, of course, you know, Memphis also ran the ball well. But what what UCF has this year is they also have the ability to run their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel I love Dylan Gabriel I really do I liked UCF this year winning the American a lot of people said Cincinnati would I have always liked UCF I like Josh Heupel in that offense he runs a very good offense over there for the Knights um I mean Gabriel had 417 yards four touchdowns and then eight rushes for 30 yards he's a player he makes plays he was tossed into the game last year as a freshman after Mackenzie Milton went down with a gruesome leg injury um He's a phenomenal player. And like you said, they have that three headed monster in the backfield. I really like UCF and that balance they bring is it's different. It's really different.
1: Yep, and the balance is a big thing about the UCF offense. But the thing I was kinda of referring to, which you obviously you you can make a completely much different and better point. I think UCF has a lot of confidence. I think, you know, they had their two very good years where they went undefeated and called themselves the national champions and then the next year almost ran it back. They lost in the fiesta bowl to lsu but i just see this uh ucf team playing with swagger they are confident they say we are better than you they are five and two against um major conference teams in the last i think four seasons their only losses is that game to lsu and then last year they got upset in pittsburgh ucf i think they can win the american as you just said but college football playoff are we talking too far with them
0: i don't know um (laughs) I was watching college game day yesterday morning, um, and I think it was Desmond Howard or one of the one of the anchors said that he had Cincinnati making the playoff, yeah. even with the Big Ten coming back and potentially the Pac-12 coming back in November. I think UCF, if they can continue to play the way they played these past you know, this week, they'll have a chance. I think they will like I said, they bring a really good offensive attack. They also play really good defensively But on another point you said about the confidence factor one moment in the game I kind of pointed to they it was middle of the game second quarter Uh, Freshman quarterback Jeff Sims for Georgia Tech was running the ball So third down and ten he got popped about a yard short and he got hit. I hit by UCF quarterback that no joke The whole bench swarmed around him. They were jumping up and down, throwing water. They were going nuts. This team has a chip on their shoulder. They're confident. They're going to be good this year.
1: Yeah, and I really like the way they played yesterday. Let's go through some quick scores yesterday. Uh, Number 19, Louisiana, who we mentioned earlier, they came back to beat Georgia State 34 31 in overtime. Number 13, Cincinnati, who I really like this season to win the American. Uh, They beat Austin P 55 20. Uh, Number 25, Pitt, beats Syracuse 21-20. Navy came back from down 24-0 at the half to upset Tulane 27-24. And Wake Forest lost to NC State in a shootout 45-42. But let's get to some of the bigger news of the cultural weekend. The Big Ten is back. They will be kicking off their games on the weekend of October 24th. So just about a month away little over a month. Every team in the Big Ten will play nine games. They'll play eight games. And then that ninth week will be the Big Ten Championship. But every other team will also play, which I kind of like. It'll give other teams a chance to improve their playoff seating. So some of the notable games this season. Uh, the 24th, we'll see Michigan-Minnesota. On Halloween, the 31st, we'll see Ohio State-Penn State. The week later, we'll see michigan indiana A week later, on the 14th, we will see Wisconsin-Michigan, also the same day. Iowa-Minnesota, 21st, Iowa-Penn State's the highlight game. On the 28th, Penn State-Michigan, and also Minnesota-Wisconsin. 12-5, we will have Ohio State-Michigan State. And then the last game of the regular season, Michigan-Ohio State, per usual Big Ten championship the week after. Garrett, who do you like in the Big Ten this year?
0: Oh, that's an easy one. I love the Ohio State Buckeyes. I love what Ryan Day has done with that team. I love Justin Fields. You know, last year, um, disappointing. Fell short in the college football semifinal at Clemson after a heartbreaking interception by Fields. Justin Fields has something to prove this year, too. Think about it. They originally weren't going to play this season. He was very frustrated. He was a big advocate for playing. Now that he's back, he's going to be unbelievable. I think they have a really good defense. Um they're balancing the offensive side of the ball. Ryan Day is an offensive genius. He's been recruiting like crazy. I really like the Buckeyes. I also do like Michigan, though. I do. I think you know jo- Jim Harbaugh has had a very questionable stint for the Wolverines, um, have not played as well as fans wish they have, but I do like Michigan as well. I don't think they'll beat Ohio State, and I don't think they'll win the Big Ten, but they're a team to watch out for to maybe make a splash this year in the Big Ten.
1: Yep. I saw some people predicting Penn State also win the Big Ten. I know they are also their top linebacker, Micah Parsons, but they're obviously a well coached team. They also have a good quarterback play. Let's do some updated cultural playoff predictions because we did some of this a uh, few weeks ago, our first week of the show. And, you know, we, there wasn't the uh, Big Ten announcer going to play. We don't know if the Pac 12 is going to play. So, updated cultural playoff predictions. I'm going to do mine. I have Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. And for that fourth spot, I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to use a team I put in originally. I'm going to take out going to... Actually, so my preseason, I'm going to mix this up now on the spot. I originally had Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Florida. I'm going to take Oklahoma out and add Ohio State in just because I don't want to choose the same four teams last year. And I picked the Gators going in. I'm going to roll with the Gators just because I like that team. All right, Garrett, what about you?
0: Yeah, so for this year... I like Clemson as the one seed. I like Ohio State coming in now that the Big Ten's playing as the two seed. I like Oklahoma at that third spot, and I like Alabama slipping in at that fourth spot. I think it's you know, the four generic teams that are very good, but I think those four teams play the best football. I really do. Of course, you never know what's going to happen in college football, but those four teams as of this moment, I feel boast the best roster and the most talent for this year.
1: Yep, and we're going to be giving updated college football playoff standings on our own every week for the next few weeks until we hit the college football playoff next week. Let's talk about some games we like. Alabama is coming here to Columbia in six days. Nick Saban and the Tide will take on Aya Drinkwitz in his debut for the Tigers. Very excited for that. Uh, Kentucky, Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU. Florida, who we just talked about, will play on Ole Miss. Kansas State will take on Spencer Rattler and the Sooners. How about Army and Cincinnati, two non-Power 5 teams that are ranked. I really like how Army's offense looks against Cincinnati, who is another competitive team. Louisville, Pittsburgh, and then Saturday primetime and college game day. The Miami Hurricanes will host Florida. Florida State University kickoff at seven p.m. or six thirty p.m. Central. Um, let's talk quick, quickly. Alabama, Missouri. What are you looking for in that game?
0: Well, I think for you know Alabama, it's the same as every year: play well, score a lot of points, stop Missouri. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch this new Tiger team this year under Elijah Drinkwitz. A lot of confidence around the team, a lot of passion, a lot of excitement by Drinkwitz. He's just fired up. He's getting the team going. Of course, we don't know who the starting quarterback is yet. I think the big thing I'm going to be watching for, I'm going to try to be there on Saturday. The big thing I'm going to look for is what does the quarterback play look like and how competitive is Mizzou? Do they play with confidence or do they kind of just lay down and let Alabama run all over them? That's what I'm looking for in that game. Hopefully, Mizzou will be able to keep that game close.
1: Yep, super excited for that one. Hopefully we can get in there. Uh, let's quickly do Browns-Bengals recap before we hit our break and our NFL previews for the week. Thursday night, Browns-Bengals-Browns won 35-30. Sorry, the game was the Browns' elite running game between Nick Chubb, who had 22 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns, cream hunt, 10 carries, 86 yards, and a score. They have a two-headed monster at running back, Baker Mayfield, a bit inconsistent. Uh, 16 of 23, 219 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick It kid keep the Bengals in the game. What do you think of this Browns offensive attack? Do they need to keep grounding and pounding?
0: I think they do. I you know, I talked about last week Baker Mayfield coming into this week, maybe being a guy to watch is to make some plays. But after watching this game against the Bengals, even though they pulled it out, not super impressed. I'm not. I think if they lean more on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Those two guys will provide more offensive production than Mayfield will. Of course, you can't sit there and give the ball to them 60 times a game and expect them to win. It's just not going to happen. It's not feasible. But I do think giving them the ball more in open space, maybe even running some screens. They didn't do a lot of that last week. Maybe, you know, rolling them out in the flat, finding them wide open, getting them out, that that kind of stuff will help the Browns. But right now... I don't know. I don't love the way this offense is going, and they need to get Mayfield going or find something better, you know?
1: You have Case Keenum. We know how good he can be. Is their backup. We'll talk quickly about the Bengals. Joe Burrow was just outstanding. 37 of 61, 316 yards. No. Interceptions, three touchdowns. Uh, The run game really couldn't figure out for them. Uh, They're a great tight end. CJ Uzama was having a great game before he hurt his Achilles, his season maybe in jeopardy. The Bengals did have a big goal line stand at one point, but Joe Burrow fumbled away just plays later. The Bengals now 0 2, combined eight point loss. What direction are the Bengals heading in?
0: Well, you got to feel bad for Burrow. Burrows played two weeks, two great games. This game really proved a lot to me. I've never been super sold on Burrow. I like Burrow. I was never like, oh, this guy's going to be one of the elites or one of the greats in the NFL, but he showed me a lot of heart this past week. Um, I think the Bengals, we talked about in the show so far, balance and how you can balance out an offense. The Bengals don't have much offense right now. They have a great running back in Joe Mixon who just has not been able to get it going so far. I think Burrow can make a lot of plays, even with his legs. You saw his first career touchdown in week one was using his legs. It was a 23-yard touchdown scramble. But right now, the Bengals have to find you know that running attack. Because if they don't, they can't just lean on Joe Burrow. With that being said, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's got a lot of targets around him. Guys like Tyler Boyd, John Ross, A.J. Green. But we don't know yet. We have to see if they can settle in and get the run game going in order for Burrow to be successful.
1: Yep, great stuff there. Let's hit a break, and then we will do our NFL previews for the week. This is Start Your Sunday on KCOU 88.1.
0: KCOU would like to shout out Eastside Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre, downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, Eastside is a solid place to hang
1: out going we'll on what games we just want to like barely like, sk- broncos Steelers, we could just skim past Ni- niners jets we'll just do predictions Jet- of course titans we'll just do predictions
0: hey mizzou fans did you know that research at the wellness yes. resource center indicates Those, that so two the out top of three the ones. students so reported consuming the, the zero to four alcoholic four drinks during tailgating this is why mizzou has the best fans in america this public service announcement has been brought to you by the wellness resource center craft beer seller, and kcou 88.1 fm Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. Maybe right, I think they're being followed now. Oh look, just pretty cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away.
1: To start your Sundays here on KCOU 88.1 FM, listening live from the C-Stream Studio here at the Student Center of the Columbia, Missouri University of Missouri. I'm your host Harrison Wright, alongside with Garrett Pave. Let's jump into some NFL previews. Let's start with the marquee game of the weekend. It is a rematch of one of the great Super Bowls of all time, Super Bowl 49 between. The New England Patriots and Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks coming off a 38-25 win against Atlanta. A 21-11 win for New England against the Miami Dolphins. Once again, this is a rematch. One of the greatest Super Bowls ever. But this is a much different story for the Patriots. Cam Newton and the Patriots are now a run-heavy offense. They're in for over 200 yards in the win last week against Miami. Uh, And then if we talk about the other side, Russell Wilson outstanding himself. 322 yards, four touchdowns. Can he repeat it against an elite Patriots secondary?
0: Well, I love this game. First of all, there's a reason it's prime time tonight. Um, t- the storyline tonight is no doubt the battle of the quarterbacks: Cam Newton for the Patriots and Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Two great quarterbacks, a lot of experience. Of course, Cam Newton coming over from Carolina this year after dealing with some injuries. Uh, you know, second game starting for the Patriots. I love Russell Wilson. I really do. But my gut is telling me New England strictly because what I saw last week from Russell Wilson was awesome He had a great game. He um, actually threw for 322 yards and four touchdowns, but they had no rushing attack They had very minimal rushing attack against Atlanta. I'm not dissing on Atlanta I know my dad's out there watching. He's a big Falcons fan Falcons they're good They don't boast an incredible defense, so I think the Seahawks got a little bit lucky in that sense, but I think that rushing attack is going to hit them hard when they play a Patriots defense, and a guy like Stephon Gilmore covering DK Metcalf will make life hard for Russell Wilson. I like the Patriots in this game.
1: Wow, wow, wow. Uh, We talk about the Seahawks receivers there. They have a solid receiving core, probably middle of the pack. We like Tyler Lockett a lot. Metcalf's rising star, but they're playing Against the best secondary in the NFL. They also have some good tight ends, such as Greg Olson for Seattle. It's going to be tough for, for New England. It's all about me having contained Russell Wilson. They've done a solid job of that in their three previous meetings. Seahawks are two and one. Every game has just been down to the last play And their three meetings. I would not be surprised if it's the same thing tonight. But there's a little bit of concern for the Seahawks defense. They did give up over 500 yards to so a good Falcons offense. Some good news Jamal Adams, just 12 tackles. Great, great overall game. I'm going to take Seattle, and I'm going to take Seattle close, close, close. I just—I don't—I I think the Patriots are going to be fine this year, but I, I kind of want to see them compete tonight. I don't necessarily have to win this game. This is—it's week two. The Patriots already want to know this is the t- toughest game, maybe the second toughest game they'll play all year because they play Kansas City in a few weeks. But— if they could just look competitive and if Bill Belichick can see in his guys, it's been an emotional week for that Patriots family. Bill Belichick did lose his mom at the age of 98 earlier this week. I don't think they're looking for a win, but I think Bill Belichick wants to see his guys compete. And he wants to see what guys he knows when the season, once we get to crunch time, once we get to the last two months of the season, what guys he can trust in these spots. So I think that's what the Patriots are going to be looking for tonight. Let's jump. To another team, the AFC we just mentioned, the U.S., Kansas City Chiefs, who had a dominating win over the Houston Texans, 34-20. They are taking on the Los Angeles Chargers, who didn't have a very dominating victory over Joe Burrow and the Bengals. A 16-13 win after the Bengals missed a chip shot at the end of regulation. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, the rookie from LSU. Outstanding game in his first game. What does he have for his second act?
0: Oh, he's got something good up his sleeve, I tell you that. I love Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Coming into this season, a lot of people thought you know, the Chiefs picked him with a thirty-second pick. People thought, "Oh, you got DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. Why pick Claude Edwards-Elière?" He's proven a point now. He's not that tall. Like I said last week, he's like five foot nine, but he's stocky. I think this week against a Chargers team, the Chargers boast a really good defense. They do Anthony Lynn with guys like Joey Bosa on that line. They have a really good defense, but I like the way Clyde Edwards-Elaire plays, and I love, love, love Patrick Mahomes. Who doesn't? Who does not love Patty Mahomes? I mean, he is the ultimate quarterback. He's got weapons all around him and Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs by two touchdowns today in this game.
1: Yeah, but I also like the Chiefs big tonight. But one thing I do want to see with Edwards-Hilaire a little more, I want to see them get involved in the passing game. I think he only had two catches in their game, and they're both short yards. I know he can catch passes, we saw at LSU. I want to see Mahomes kind of slam the ball a little bit, see if he can maybe tone down the rushing yards, more passing, more receiving yards for Edwards-Hilaire. Let's talk about the Chargers for a quick second. Austin Eckler limited to just 80 combined yards against the Bengals. Tyrod Taylor has to be more than a game manager for them. He needs, if they want to pull off the biggest upset of the season, he needs to be there and step up. What is the key to a possible Chargers upset?
0: Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor is the big, the big key here. Um, Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, as we all know. And last week against the Chiefs. Just was completely shut down, or not last week? The week yeah, last week Thursday, yeah. just was shut down. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't find any players. He couldn't find any receivers downfield. Couldn't scramble out of the pocket and make any plays with his legs. The key tonight is going to be Tyrod Taylor, not how he throws the ball necessarily, how he uses his legs. Because the Chiefs do a really good job of getting to the quarterback. So if Tyrod Taylor can get out of the pocket and make some plays on his own, and then maybe some short passes to guys like Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is a phenomenal player. He um, can make plays when he needs to. So I think Tyrod Taylor using his legs, that's going to be the key for a Chargers victory tonight.
1: Yep, and I think that receiver that DeAndre Hopkins was looking for was actually playing out in San Francisco against the 49ers. He plays for the Arizona Cardinals. His name is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, let's talk about that guy Deshaun Watson here He's taking on the Baltimore Ravens at home. This game will be at 320 Central, 435 Eastern. Last week, Baltimore dominating Cleveland 38-6. Houston just mentioned lost 34-20 to Kansas City. The Ravens have not missed a beat from last season. Lamar looks in MVP form, and they have added more. The rookie running back from Ohio State, J.K. Alday Dobbins, two rushing touchdowns. How important can he be for this Ravens offense?
0: Well, J.K. Dobbins, a young running back out of Ohio State, was drafted this year. Obviously very important. I think Mark Ingram getting up there in age. Lamar Jackson needs somebody he can go to. J.K. Dobbins is physical. But not only is he physical, he's fast. He can break through the line of scrimmage, get to that second level, and you won't catch him. I promise you won't catch him. He is that type of player that can make that type of impact. And we all know Lamar Jackson and his leg talent. We do. He's phenomenal. He can run the ball for 100 yards a game. He can throw for, you know, 300 plus. He just, that's his ability. Um, this game, a lot of people are going to be you know, have a tendency to say Ravens big I'm going to say the Ravens win, but it's going to be closer than most think. I think Deshaun Watson is a player. I know he doesn't have a ton of weapons around him. I understand that, and their defense did not play well against the Chiefs. But I think Deshaun Watson, he's a warrior. He's a competitor. He is going to make plays. He's going to keep this close, but I think the Ravens do pull this one out.
1: Yep, I do like the Ravens a little more than that. I like the Ravens by about 11 just because of what Lamar Jackson has for that offense. Rams-Eagles in the NFC, the first NFC game we'll talk about. Eagles coming off a tough loss to Washington where they blew a big lead. I know you were happy about that. A 27-17 win for the Washington football team. Los Angeles Rams, first game at SoFi Stadium, beat the Dallas Cowboys 20-17. to It was a great game. The Eagles gave up eight sacks last week against Washington. Uh, and the Rams, they got to get Jared Goff going. they got Robert Woods, who just signed to an extension. They've got Cooper Cup, running back duo of Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. What do the Eagles need to do to bounce back and get their season back on track?
0: i got three words for you. Protect Carson Wentz. As Harrison just mentioned, Carson Wentz sacked eight times against that Washington defense. Now, granted, Washington has a phenomenal front seven. I think one of the best in the NFL, if not the best in the NFL, honestly. They're going to have to protect Carson Wentz. We know what Carson Wentz can do. He is a very talented quarterback. Came out of North Dakota State. People were a little skeptical, and he proved why he deserves to be in in the NFL. But if they're going to win this game or even have a shot at winning this game, keeping him off the ground and making plays is going to be the key to victory. It is. And I think another thing is that Eagles defense against a Washington team that had a lot of young parts, you know, second year quarterback Dwayne Haskins, they let him he had a great game. Not not the best statistically, but very good efficiently. I think the biggest thing is the Eagles protecting Carson Wentz, but that defense needs to play better if they want to knock off that Rams team with Aaron Donald. So for that thing, I like the Rams Just by seven points. They went from three to seven points, but give me the Rams.
1: I like the Eagles by one. I think they bounce back and get a big win against the Rams coming cross country. The team that lost to the Rams last week, the Dallas Cowboys, disappointing performance Them in the second half, only scored three points. Atlanta, we talked about earlier, dominated by Seattle 38-25. Their offense looked good. Their defense couldn't have been any worse. It was a shaky start to the Mike McCarthy era in Dallas, as we mentioned. Three second-half points. You know, we know Dallas could be a fast-starting team, but what do they need to do in these second halves to improve?
0: Well, they need to get their big playmakers going. I, I can't bash the Cowboys too much. My my girlfriend's a uh, Cowboys fan, so are her parents, so I know they're listening and they're going to hope I say good things, but... The Cowboys have so many weapons. We talked about it. Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, and probably the best offensive line in the NFL, if not one of the, they have so much going for them. They really do. And like you said, they start fast, but you're right, they got to finish. I think the key is going to be continuing to get Dak Prescott going. He is going to have to find those receivers late in the game because The tendency is you're going to get a little tired. You are, especially Dak Prescott, a guy who is athletic and is going to use his legs running all over the field. He's going to get tired. He's got to stay poised. I think McCarthy also needs to get Ezekiel Elliott going more than he did last week. Ezekiel Elliott had a good game. He did. Not a a great game, but for what it was. If they can get him moving the ball, running the ball 20 times a game, balancing out with Dak Prescott and those receivers, they'll have a chance to win this game. I like the Cowboys to bounce back against a struggling Falcons team right now.
1: Yep, I'm going to talk about the Falcons for a second. Going to the year, we knew it was going to be a tough time for them. They play in a tough division with the Saints, who are the cream of the crop in the NFC, and Tom Braden, Tiffany Buccaneers, who we'll talk about in just a second. We knew they were going to be good. We knew Carolina has a good offense. So we want to see how Atlanta could be. And their defense just they couldn't get off the field against Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was hitting every pass, and they, they were open pass also. Like If you go back and watch some of that game, Wilson, we know he can throw into those tight windows, but he wasn't doing that. He was... These guys were running unguarded down the field. Atlanta, it's not going to be any easier against Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper, and just the Atlanta offense. What they're going to do is, like, you know, they scored what twenty five points last week. They should be good enough the way Matt Ryan threw for four hundred fifty yards, and still it wasn't. I, the, Matt Ryan, do is have to be a little smarter to, to take better care of the ball? And Todd Gurley, the rushing attack. It wasn't, it wasn't great. We know Gurley's health is a question. We have, you know he's had knee issues with the Rams. That's why they cut him. And now he's obviously a member of the Atlanta Falcons. And the key matchup in this game is if Gurley can break out. And we know he's had good game against Cowboys in his career with the Rams. And it's a weak Cowboys linebacker core. They're without Sean Lee with an injury. Leighton Esch broke his collarbone last week against the Rams. And if they can figure out how to run the ball, control the clock, maybe keep their defense off the field. So that's all i got to say about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to take the Cowboys by a touchdown despite that. And now to the other teams in the NFC South Carolina going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, who really had a struggling performance against the New Orleans Saints, a 34-23 win, which score should have been a little higher than that for New Orleans. Uh, Panthers lost 34-32 to the Las Vegas Raiders. It's going to get used to saying that. Uh, I think both teams can be hungry and motivated. Tom Brady didn't really look like the goat out there. Through two bad interceptions, his age looked like he was calling up at, up catching up to him, pardon me. Uh, he does benefit from playing one of the worst defenses today. Does the GOAT need a bounce back performance today?
0: He does. I think Tom Brady does. Um, big loss, of course, Chris Godwin out today against the Panthers. But you got a guy like Mike Evans, like we mentioned, Scotty Miller, a yep. guy we think could have a big game today. You know, those short passes up the middle out in the flat. But two guys I look forward to today that need to make have a good game. I don't know, have a good game, is Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Two running backs, one who's very physical, who's going to, you know, ground and pound, bruise you, and then you got Ronald Jones who's going to come out of the backfield and make those short pass plays. Tom Brady, if he can find and utilize those two guys, more specifically Ronald Jones out of the backfield, those quick passes, he'll have a good chance, but he needs a bounce-back game. A lot of people are wondering now, is Tom Brady getting too old? Is that age getting to him? Is it starting to show in Tampa Bay with a new team? I don't think it is. I think it's too early to assume that. He needs to find weapons. He needs to utilize long-time, end in Rob Gronkowski, who he's played with for who knows how long. Um, if they do that, I think they'll win. I do like the, the Panthers. No, I like the Buccaneers in this game by about three points. I like it close. I think Tom Brady pulls this one out.
1: I agree I think Carolina keeps it competitive Especially with Christian McCaffrey And Teddy Bridge right of that offense they have With their great young offensive coordinator Joe Brady Who came on from LSU I'm going to take the Buccaneers Close thing Scotty Miller we mentioned We like him Going to make some big plays today Let's go back to the AFC quickly Drew Locke and Denver Broncos Not the greatest performance And a loss to the Titans Taking on Pittsburgh Who You know They may not be satisfied themselves With the way they played against the Giants Just a 26-16 to win For them Quickly Broncos Steelers Who you like?
0: I like the Broncos. I like them by seven points. They had a great game defensively last week against the Tennessee Titans, shutting down Derrick Henry. Yeah. I mean, they really Derrick Henry had 116 rushing yards, but for a Derrick Henry kind of game, that, it's not a lot. I mean, he had 150, 200 rushing games last year. Broncos defense did a really good job without star Vaughn Miller. I like Drew Locke at a bounce-back game using guys like Jerry Judy. Give me the Broncos by seven points.
1: I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Pittsburgh by seven points, I think, just because – Being at home, Ben Roth is for his first game back. I know there's no fans in the stands, but I think they'll be a little amped up to play at home. Let's go to another game quickly. Niners and Jets. The Jets are injury depleted. They're without Le'Veon Bell. They're without Jameson Crowder. without Denzel Mims. Here's the Jets' starting offense today when Sam Darnold takes the field. He'll be handing the ball off to 37-year-old running back Frank Gore, and he'll be throwing it to Chris Hogan, Brashard Perryman, and Braxton Berrios. Any chance... The Jets pull it off today against the defending NFC champs. Hungry for a win.
0: Nope. I don't see it. I like the Niners. I like the Niners big. I really do. A bad game last week against the Cardinals. Garoppolo didn't have his best game efficiency-wise. But I like the 49ers. I think Nick Bosa makes some big plays on Donald. Like you said, a guy like Jamison Crowder who had a phenomenal game last week. They don't have him. Le'Veon Bell, a running back who can make plays all over the field. They don't have those two important keys to even give them a shot. I think with those two guys, the Niners would still win this game. Without them, it's going to be a big haul to get up there. Give me the Niners by ten
1: points. I'm going to double that. I'm going to go Niners by twenty. I I don't think Sam Donald's the guy for the Jets, and I think you know this could be a hot take. You know, people are making excuses that you know it's the weapons around him, it's the coaching around him. Maybe maybe he's just not it. And if Jets fans have to come to, to realize that this might not be the guy. But, you know, they have the first pick in the draft. There's this guy Trevor Lawrence that hurts pretty good. So uh, back, we'll say in the AFC, Jaguars-Titans. Jaguars-Shocking win against the Colts last week that I actually predicted. Taking on the Titans with a Monday night win. They're coming off a short week. Can Minshew Mania continue or do Derek Henry and the Titans get to 2-0?
0: I love Gardner Minshew, first of all. That mustache is epic. It's legendary. I like Gardner Minshew. I don't like the Jaguars this week. I like the Tennessee Titans. A sloppy game for Mike Frabel's club last week. He wasn't super happy with the performance. Of course, the story that was heard around the country was Stephen Goskowski, Three missed field goals and a missed extra point. I like the Titans to bounce back. Derrick Henry will have a good game. Ryan Tannehill, he'll do what he does. You know, He's a pretty good game manager. He'll make some plays. I like the Titans in this game by seven points.
1: I'm gonna keep rolling with the Jaguars. I'm gonna take Gardner Minshew and company to get to shock the world and get to 2 0. People were talking about this team possibly going 0-16 and the chance to get to 2-0 today at the Titans. They have played momentum. Minshew looked great against the Colts. Give me Jacksonville. Let's go to that fourth team in the AFC South. 2 and one teams playing today in Indianapolis, the Colts. And the Vikings. The Vikings coming off a tie 43-34 loss against Aaron Rodgers and the Pack. Colts coming off a 27-20 loss, as we just mentioned, to the Jaguars. we back Jonathan Taylor. Going to make his first career start as Marlon Mack towards Achilles last Sunday. Taylor was a beast at Wisconsin. We'll see how it translates to the league. Rivers struggled in his first game as a Colt. What does Philip Rivers need to do better today for the Colts to get to 1-1? One and one?
0: He needs to distribute the ball well. That's what I would say. He needs to do. Well, he's got a guy like T. Y. Hilton, a receiver that can make a lot of good plays. Jonathan Taylor, as you mentioned, making his first career start. The back from Wisconsin is a very, very good player. Um, I think Philip Rivers. He's getting up there in age too. A lot of times, Rivers tries to force things, um, not making the simple pass that could get you, you know, six, seven, eight yards. You know, set you up in good position. He needs to calm down. It's a new environment, new coaching staff, new team. A lot of new things for him. If he can just calm down, look for the short passes, give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, because if Jonathan Taylor can get the ball and get going, I promise you the Colts are going to have a good game. The Vikings, of course, coming in with Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, good players. Um, they got a good roster, talented. But I like the Colts to bounce back. I think they're angry. I think they're fired up. Linebacker Darius Leonard for the Colts, one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's physical. He's fast. I like the Colts not by much. I'd say three points.
1: I think the Vikings also come out playing pretty angry. I think Dalvin Cook, it's a little motivation. I like the key matchup him against those quotes linebackers, Darius Leonard, you just mentioned. One of the best linebackers in the league. I think the Vikings are going to have to play better today. I'm going to counter him. I'm going to take the Vikings to win that game. Let's quickly go to Bills, Dolphins. Who do you like?
0: I like the Bills. Like the Bills, big. I know a lot of people are wondering. Josh Allen had, a, had an okay game last week. Not great, but I love Josh Allen. Like I mentioned, coming from Wyoming last week, he is a phenomenal player. This Bills defense, they're nasty. They're physical. They're fast. They fly around the field. I, I'm not sold on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Every year, he, you know, he'll slip into the starting position. He plays fine. Last week, three interceptions and no touchdowns against a very talented Patriots defense. I like the Bills by 14 points. I'm
1: going to make a bold prediction here. I'm not going to take the Dolphins to win because, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make a prediction and say we see two attack of Loyola in the second half today. I think we're going to see a lot of Ryan Fitzpatrick turnovers against one of the better secondaries in the league. And I say we're going to see a little bit of two action. Don't know if he's going to start next week against Jacksonville, but we'll see him today. Lions and Packers. Lions coming off a heartbreaking loss to Chicago at last minute, off by the rookie DeAndre Swift in his first game. I wouldn't get on Swift too bad. I think he had a pretty good game and you know he's a rookie He can't can't bash him for one one drop uh packers great win against minnesota lions or without kenny galladay again a lot of marvin jones a lot of danny mandola are the lions going to bounce back today and get a win
0: i don't think so i'm not going to pick the lions i i personally can't go against aaron Rodgers. i love aaron Rodgers. he just continues to make plays even at an older age for a quarterback um He's got players all over the field, too. Like I said, Devontae Adams, a great player. They got a good defense. I think the Lions deserved to win that game last week. They played better. Like you said, rookie DeAndre Swift dropped the pass in the end zone. Ultimately, would have been probably the game winner. Um, But I do like the Packers. Not by a lot, though. I think the Lions play competitive with Matt Patricia, leading that squad into this game. But I do like the Packers by seven points.
1: Yep. Uh I think in the, somehow in the offseason, everyone forgot how good Aaron Rodgers was, talking about some kind of decline that just didn't exist. Rodgers, 364 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. The other Aaron, Aaron Jones, just 66 rushing yards on 16 carries. Do expect some more from him today. Let's talk about one of your favorite teams, the Washington football team, traveling to the Valley of the Sun, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams coming off unexpected wins. Washington over Philadelphia, the Cardinals over the Niners. Washington, eight sacks against the Eagles, as we mentioned. Are they going to get the 2 and 0? Which second year quarterback will get the 2 and 0 this week?
0: Well, last week doing predictions, I was very low on my Washington football team. Um, it was all about how they had a rough season, rough off season and didn't have a great roster. They surprised me in the best way possible. They had eight sacks against the Eagles last week. They, that defensive line, that defensive front is dominant. The secondary had a few coverage sacks in the sense that no one was open downfield. The D-line got to him, brought Carson Wentz down, and Dwayne Haskins showed me a lot last week. Didn't have the best game statistically, as I mentioned earlier, but was very efficient. They used guys like uh, Peyton Barber in the backfield. They had a really, honestly, balanced rushing attack. Antonio Gibson, I like this Washington team. I like Kyler Murray a lot for the Cardinals. I think they had a great game against the Niners, but... I like Washington. I think they're going to continue that winning with that D-line. I like them by seven points against the Cardinals.
1: Yep, I'm going to think the Cardinals I like that offense a lot. I think the Cardinals make the playoffs before the year. Might double down and so say they might win that division. We'll see about that. Quickly, Giants-Bears, who you like?
0: I like the Bears. I think Trubisky had a pretty good game last week. I think he'll make a few plays. They beat that struggling Giants offensive line.
1: I'm going to go opposite way. I think the Giants upset. Saquon Barkley bounces back. We win tomorrow night. Monday Night Football, Saints and Raiders. Saints will be without their top receiver, Michael Thomas. Raiders 1-0. Saints 1-0. Who gets to 2-0 tomorrow at Vegas?
0: People are going to not agree with this. I don't think. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm going to go with John Gruden and the Raiders. It's their first game in Allegiant Stadium. So much hype right now with that new stadium, the new city in Las Vegas. I think the Raiders pull out a close win and upset the Saints.
1: I completely agree. I like the Raiders to go into to win at home in their first game at the new stadium, especially because of the Saints injuries thing. Vegas pulls it off. Let's hit our segments. First segment, start your Sunday. Starts and sits. We'll tell you who to start. We'll tell you to sit. You win in fantasy. It's that simple. Gary, why don't you hit us with the starts?
0: All right. So this week you should start quarterback Dak Prescott against the Falcons defense. You should start rookie running back Jonathan Taylor against the Vikings. You should start wide receiver Keenan Allen against the Chiefs. And you should start Saints tight end Jared Cook against the Raiders.
1: Yep, great stuff there. Let's, I'm going to hit you with the sits. I'm going to go sit Drew Locke against a really good Steelers defense, especially coming cross country on a short week on the road. I'm going to go with the Steelers defense makes a big stop there. Uh, Frank Gore, running back. Sit him against the Niners. And a good run defense. Frank Gore is an old running back. is he with DK Metcalf against the Patriots. Siphon Gilmore is the best corner in the league. Don't expect much from Metcalf. And then tight end Rob Gronkowski. Rob looked like Frankenstein running out there against the New Orleans last week. He, he could not move for his life. I love a Gronk, but, you know, don't, don't start in fantasy. Let's quickly hit four downs. I'm going to ask going to go through four questions each about what we're going to see in the NFL today. So, Garrett, first down. More rushing yards today. Dalvin Cook or Jonathan Taylor? I like Dalvin
0: Cook. He's going to bounce back.
1: Second down, more turnovers today. It might be a little confusing. Might be more turnovers today in the matchup between Fitzpatrick and Josh Allen or Daniel Jones and Mitch Trubisky.
0: Oh, I got to go Daniel Jones and Trubisky. Both quarterbacks have issues with turning the ball over interception-wise. I think Jones and Trubisky have more turnovers.
1: All right, third down, more receiving yards today. DeAndre Hopkins or every Texan wide receiver combined?
0: I I like DeAndre Hopkins, but... I am going to go every Texan wide receiver combined. I think Sean Watson makes some plays and distributes the ball well.
1: And then finally tonight, more rushing yards, Chris Carson or Cam Newton?
0: I like Cam Newton. Chris Carson didn't have a great game. I don't, like, I don't think he's a proven back yet. I like Cam Newton. All right, you're up. All right, first question. Which second-year quarterback throws for more yards against each other, Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray?
1: I'm going to go Kyler Murray. I think that their Washington secondary is a little weaker than the Arizona secondary.
0: All right, second question, more total yards today, Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson?
1: Lamar, big trust, Jackson.
0: Third question, more sacks today, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald or Nick Bosa?
1: So Nick Bosa is taking on a Jets offensive line, uh, Donald against the Eagles. I'll go with Nick Bosa close by one half sec.
0: And then last question, Josh Jacobs over or under 100 yards rushing against the Saints?
1: Uh, Saints did have some struggles with the Buccaneers rushing game. I'm going to go Josh Jackson over 100 yards rushing against New Orleans. That's it. Garrett, pave the way. Tell us how some teams are going to win this weekend.
0: Here we go. Paving the way. Number one is Washington against Arizona. The Cardinals need to neutralize that Washington front seven. Last week, Wentz was sacked eight times by this front seven. If the Cardinals are going to win this game, they need to protect Kyler Murray. And also, Murray needs to make some plays with his legs. Number two, Vikings versus Colts get Dalvin Cook going. The star back ran for just 50 yards on 12 carries last week. He had two touchdowns. And though the Colts struggled last week... They're going to be hungry. They're going to be led by star linebacker Darius Leonard. If the Colts are going to win this game, they got to stop him. But the Vikings' key is getting Dalvin Cook running hard. Third one, quick one. Rams-Eagles protect Carson Wentz. As I mentioned earlier, Carson Wentz sacked eight times against Washington. They're playing a talented Rams D-line, including Aaron Donald. If they're going to win this game, they've got to protect Carson Wentz. And then a quick one panthers versus buccaneers let brady find a connection with receiver mike evans mike evans as we know a star in this league if tom brady can find an early connection with him and get the chemistry going they'll be in good shape to beat the panthers
1: all right great insight there Garrett. uh let's wrap up with harrison's headlines i'm going to put on my future looking glasses and i'm going to look into the future and tell you some of the headlines you're going to see tomorrow morning your first one Panic in Pennsylvania. Eagles fall to 0 and 2 and shocking loss to the Rams. I know I said the Eagles would win earlier, but I'm going to go hypothetical here and say they lose. The Eagles fall to 0 and 2. Number two, I see. Jumping on the Jags. Minshew leads the Jaguars to another last minute victory to put Jacksonville 2 and 0. I see it. I see the Titans struggling on a short week, and I see Gardner Minshew continue to shock the world. And finally, headline number three Sleepless in Seattle. Russell Wilson leads the Seahawks to a last minute overtime victory against New England. I think it's going to be a long, hard game and it's going to be Russell Wilson who pulls it off late over Cam Newton. I'm going to go with the little more experience with their team quarterback Wilson. Close, close, close game. Fun game tonight at Seattle is going to win. Well, that's all we have for start your Sunday here. Thank you for starting your Sunday with us here on KCLU 88.1. Garrett, anything else to add?
0: Not that I just appreciate everybody listening today. Uh, We'll be back next week, same time. A lot of good football. The SEC starts play this weekend, as we mentioned, a few good games. So uh, a lot more insight coming this Sunday. So uh, we're excited, and we appreciate you all listening. It's a great time.
1: Yep, super fun. Thank you, everyone, for starting your Sunday with us. We will see you right back here next Sunday. Start your Sundays on KCOU 88.1.
0: Hey, this is Brian, and Mikey, and Pat from Weezer, and you're listening to KCOU, 88.1 FM, Columbia.
1: Columbia, Columbia.